All of a sudden, from around that little corner, I see these neon green figures floating towards me. And he said, what is that? And I moved the branch and I looked and it was this big, hairy something. It was the weirdest feeling and I just was like, I just want to get out of here. It was so real to me and nobody believed me. She started saying, I don't want to go upstairs because of the ghosts. The ghosts are up there. So that is my ghost story. Hi, and welcome to Haunted AF. This is the Ghost Story Podcast. It's all about ghost stories, but told by the people who actually experience them. I'm Julie Fisk. I'm Rebecca Black. And uh, so, it, again, you have to share your ghost stories with us or we're not going to have a podcast at right. all. And I'm excited, though, because we are finally getting some email feedback. Yes, we are. And I'm super proud of that. And we actually have a voice memo story that was emailed to us yes. that we're going to share today. Yes. So, But we get the email address again. Uh, that would be hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. So last episode, we talked to Billy who had the Bigfoot story. Right. And uh, so you've been doing a little bit of research. I did. You've actually been doing tons of research and it kills me that we were not able to get an actual Bigfoot person on the show. I know and I tried. You really, and I know I you really did. I really did. But doesn't it seem like those guys are constantly everywhere talking to yes. everyone? Yes. Yeah, so I, I thought it was very interesting that no one would respond to me because I'm, I'm wondering if it's because they think that we're going to make fun of it or something like that. Yeah. But I feel like I also said we do a ghost podcast so that should negate the making fun of Bigfoot. Right. Because if we believe in ghosts, well, why wouldn't we believe in Bigfoot too? No, I, it, I'm with you. So I actually reached out because his story, Billy's story happened in Colorado and I actually reached out to the Colorado Bigfoot research. No answer from them. And then I stumbled onto a bunch of like Bigfoot um, directories because yeah. that exists. Because it's a thing. It is a thing. And yeah. I looked up, I, lo- I was trying to find other similar Bigfoot stories in Lamar, Colorado, which is where Billy, Billy's happened. And I couldn't find anything. So Billy may have the very first Bigfoot site in Lamar, Colorado. However, I did find another Bigfoot story from 2016, um, which is in North Park, Colorado, and okay. it's like 200 miles away. Yeah. And the other the other story is in like Denver. So obviously Colorado is a hotbed for Bigfoot. Oh, yeah. Just not necessarily in Lamar. The thing I wanted to know is Billy talked about how Bigfoot moves, right? Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, his thing. He didn't yeah. call it Bigfoot. He yeah. wouldn't say the word. But it moved. The way it was moving is he described it as he was jumping like from side to side mm-hmm. as like, opposed to running. And gracefully, too. Yes. Yeah. So my whole thing was like, well, surely if Billy has seen that, somebody else out there has had to have seen the way the Bigfoot moves, right? Mm-hmm. I would think that's a pretty, that's for whatever reason, that feature I think stands out the yeah. way it's moving. So I, I, weirdly enough, I have a Facebook friend. His name's Craig Wooliter or Woolheater. I think I'm saying it right. And he is also involved in a local Bigfoot society. So I reached out to him and I asked him and said, hey, I was like, have you ever heard of Bigfoot moving from side to side, like a graceful jumping? And he sent me a story and there are several other people who have said, yes, this is how Bigfoot moves from side to side, which I've never heard that before. Have you? No, never, never. And all the images that we see are like them like plodding along like a big ape man. Yes, right. And and I think um, this is one of those characteristics that just sticks out to me, why we wouldn't have heard of anything like this before. And there's this uh, witness observation here that he sent me. So he's out. This guy's out in the woods hunting hogs. And he's like, he's got his rifle up, right? Mm -hmm. And he's looking through the scope and he sees the side of something's face. He says it's dark. It's covered in hair. It's slowly moving, but it's quickly moving from tree to tree. So like hopping from tree to tree. He's like, I can see most of his body. He's huge. He's standing on two legs, slowly looking around at these hogs. Like he's going to, I guess, get one for dinner or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, um... 
it didn't stir the hogs. That's how quiet. Wow. So it was stealthy. Yes. I feel like that gives a lot of validity to Billy's well, Bigfoot it, story. You can kind of see it, right? Yeah. You can see like that being his natural motion to kind of get out of the way yeah. or to move like, like, like a monkey. Yeah. Kind of like a monkey, but it's this huge thing. And the fact that it's not, he's not creating any noises. Right, he's, he's not, not disturbing the anything. animals, which makes me wonder. So does that have something to do with like the footprint thing? Right. Like we ne- like you very rarely see a footprint of mm-hmm. Bigfoot. I so, never believe them for some reason too. Right. So yeah. I'm wondering if that's because of the of the movement. You wouldn't actually see any digging into the ground because it's not pushing forward. Instead, it's jumping it's, side to side. Oh somehow. my gosh! Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say that I'm a genius and I'm smart and I've figured out the Bigfoot thing. You nailed it. <laughs> but I think I'm onto something. We figured it out. Bigfoot Isn't that is real. Weird? No, it's not weird. I think I think you have a really good point. I kind of want to do more research on. I that do too. too. See, that's why I'm saying we need to. I'm tr- I'm hoping the Colorado Bigfoot Registry or research, whatever they're called, will get back with me and we can actually have a Bigfoot expert on. Maybe somebody will actually hear the podcast and be like, oh, these girls are all right. They sound nice. I'll yeah, talk to them. I can explain this to yeah. them. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I don't have a real update, but one of the things that you and I kept talking about on the last episode were when you see that thing out of the corner of your eye and it's just, there's too much movement yeah. to be a mistake. And you're like, what was that? And you can never tell. And we were talking about like getting security cameras in our houses, right? Uh-huh. And, but you and I are both married to men who would die a thousand deaths before they ever let us post security cameras in the house to look at ghosts. Totally. Right? So I was listening to the <laughs> My Favorite Murder podcast yesterday, which Rebecca and I are both murderinos. Yeah, totally. So if you're ever listening to us and you think these girls are totally ripping off that podcast. We are. We are totally. Yeah. So they were uh, traveling in Honolulu and one, I listened to this one too. Did you? Okay. I did. <laughs> well, did you hear they were talking about how they had gotten a pet monitor in their yes. house? Yes. And I immediately thought we could get pet monitors say that they're just to monitor yeah, the pets for, yeah because yeah, you've got dogs and i've got, got cats, cats. <laughs> so and i'm like okay we can do this but i also i wanted to put it out there has anyone caught something weird on their pet monitor in their houses because they're usually in the bedroom yeah it seems like if there was something in your house you might catch it on a pet monitor well i mean and i i can be honest like i've caught my dog several times like barking at random stuff that i don't see or you know stuff like so you you know they see stuff right they see stuff that doesn't exist yeah all the time (laughs) or maybe it does and we just can't see it but maybe the monitor can pick it up give the email address one more time and just remember everybody if you have like a pet monitor or you've got had anything weird show up on it even a nest yeah like the the ring ring doorbell yes Yes. any of those yeah then definitely send it to us yeah email us um hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com so rebecca we have a special guest on the phone right now like an actual professional Uh, is this russell rush with the russell rush haunted tour it is hi how are you i'm great how are you doing doing good doing good so we are sitting here with rebecca black i was about to be like we want to book a tour <laughs> yeah, that's that's the one thing that everybody the mistake everybody always makes they're like when do you, when do you give your tour and i was like uh it's a show you're a legitimate ghost hunter yeah. though right you've been doing this for like 11 years now yeah we're on our we're on our 12th season and, and it started out you know I, I work on the radio but it started out for me as a uh as a joke honestly conan <sighs> o'brien is is a uh, is a huge idol of mine and so i was like you know for halloween this year i'm gonna follow around some ghost hunters when the whole craze started about a decade ago so I'm going to follow around this paranormal team and just kind of poke fun at them. And then I'll play the audio back on the air. 
And then we ended up going out to this place, Victoria's Black Swan Inn, mm-hmm. and like lights were turning on and off. We were hearing voices and footsteps, and I was like, "Hang on, this is real." Okay. And <laughs> like rule number so, yeah, one: so don't like, taunt the ghosts because they're gonna come and get you. That's the thing. Okay, <laughs> well, I'm shocked that because Rebecca and I both have issues. I especially have issues with ghost hunts and ghost tours because nothing ever happens. So right. I'm shocked you actually went out with these people and things were happening. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I turned the lights on. I was like, "Wait a minute, you mean this?" is real and then from there it just kind of spawned into I got a piece of equipment and a voice recorder and then the next season we had a production crew that wanted to follow us around and then we, I think we it, win two Emmys and then we meet with Discovery Channel and all these people and just kind of just kind of went on from there. I think it's different because Julie and I go in like bring it prove us that you exist ghost and you went in to make fun of it and I think the making fun of it has something to do with them being like yeah I'll show you. You think so? Yeah. That's what we're doing wrong then. Yeah. I guess. Okay, so you have to tell us and give your website a plug. The uh, the website is uh, russellrushhauntedtour.com. Because I was going through it yesterday and I was just flabbergasted by some of the stuff that right. you see. And there were a lot of places that I've gone into like on my own or mm-hmm. with my kids or whatever or just gone and creeped around like you were in Mineral Wells and just some terrifying looking places. And when I've gone to the Baker Hotel or the little creepy haunted houses nearby, it's like mm-hmm. nothing happens but we were always terrified just because they look so creepy. So in your experiences, what are some of the, the crazier things that have happened to you? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, what I've learned over the years doing this is um, I, I wait to judge a location until after I've reviewed the evidence. Let me just say that much. Because okay. we, we just, for example, went in and investigated um, SeaWorld here in San Antonio. They've said that they've had some activity and things and even had some pictures of some like wet footprints in the middle of the night leading from one tank to another. And you know, wondering what the heck's going on. So we went out there and did much happen? Mm, a couple of little things. Normally in the early years, I would leave a place and go, oh man, we didn't get anything. What are we going to do? How are we going to tell that story on the show? But then afterwards you go through evidence and all these things happened. It's honestly rare that with all the equipment we have that, that we don't pick up something. Some places are more active than others. I think probably that the place that still really gets me, it still affects me in a way, mainly because it has real life consequences. Some of these places you go into are abandoned buildings that somebody owns for the purpose of uh, paranormal investigation. But we were asked by um, a family who were fans of the show. They've been watching us for years and, and probably they became fans because they themselves were being haunted and they thought, well, this, these people are close by and maybe it's a reality that someday they could come help us. So they own this 100 uh, acre ranch south of San Antonio a couple hours and they asked us to come out because they built this house and they had this beautiful ranch in their land, except they wouldn't live there because the hauntings had become so bad. They they left mm. their family homestead, basically. You know, they were being held down at night in bed. Oh, uh, my they gosh. Were, at night, the, the power would turn off and there's a perfectly clear night. They uh, would see shadows walking through the house. I mean, just all sorts of things. There was a constant knocking that was coming from um, the attic. Just just things like that. There were dishes <laughs> thrown around when they came home. They came home one night and their shower curtain had been shredded. <laughs> And there were no animals or anything. So they asked us to come down and we kind of, I went down there just as a courtesy because that's not something we do, Mm -hmm. you know, because people may say they're experts in this field, but there's nobody who's 
you know, there's, a, there's not a doctorate of paranormal science. It's people just like you and I who have an interest in theories and things. And so I don't ever want to go down there and cause something bad for somebody else's, uh, you know, home. So I went down to meet with him out of a courtesy and I heard the story and his family, you know, they're not in their house. And it's like, wait, that's, that's not right. It's that, like your Hill home House. It's totally like place. Hill House. Anyway, so we took the project on and we stayed there for three nights and the camera crews were there following everything. And, uh, it ended up being one of the craziest experiences. I mean, doors were just opening at random times. Mm-hmm. We'd call out and the door would open. We caught shadows going up and down the stairs. And uh, it all stemmed, apparently, from where their ranch was, was the holy land, if you will, for American Indians. And we had say. a tribal leader come out and actually do a ceremony on the top of this hill where they had buried their mother. And he was worried that maybe they had disturbed what was a burial ground. That's why it was a hill. Uh-huh. So we did a ceremony and he starts chanting and singing and burning tobacco. And it's a perfectly still day. It's in August in Texas. As you know, it gets 120 degrees in the shade here in August. Mm-hmm. So he starts singing and chanting and we're all standing in a circle as he asked us to do. And as he sings louder and he gets louder... All of a sudden, the wind kicks up a little bit, and he sings, and he sings more and more and more. The wind kicks up so hard that it's nearly blowing cameras off the tripod. Oh, my gosh. As as soon as he finishes singing and puts the tobacco out, the wind stops. Oh, my God. It was that one is of freaky as the hell. craziest. It's one of the craziest experiences of my life. Did you have that on video? Were you filming? Yeah, yeah. If you if you're able to, I, and all of our shows and escapades are really they're on they're on YouTube, and you can search for the Russell Rush Haunted Tour and watch them there. But this was simply just called the Ranch, and, and unfortunately, we we did the best we could. We cleaned, but staging and things like that only lasts for so long. The family is still not back home. Wow. Oh my gosh. And I'm, I'm just thinking like that whole wind thing. That's not something that you can fake. No. Uh-uh. And if you were going to fake it, it's going to take a lot of time, money, effort. And I, yeah, that's there's not, just no way. That's not an unscrewed yeah, yeah, flashlight. Yeah. Like, that's, uh, let's go get a giant fan and blow everybody off a mountain. Like that's right. almost impossible. Is it okay if we share that YouTube <laughs> right. video on the Facebook page? I would love to share that. That sounds incredible. Absolutely. It was, uh, like I said, it was, it was bizarre and there was so much activity that happened. And you know, you expect activity like that if you go into like an old abandoned hospital or insane asylum where there was a lot of emotions and things. But somebody's house where their families lived their whole life, like that's something extra. And especially like you said, you're walking through and you're hearing the doors slam and things are constantly happening. Mm-hmm. Hey, Russell, is it OK if we call you every now and then just check in and get some ghost stories from you? Absolutely. I got more stories than my girlfriend cares to hear. So for sure. <laughs> well, we want to hear all of them. So how about that? Yeah, we'll put up with your stories if she won't. <laughs> Sounds good. So we've got my sister on the phone who was like the first person who ever told me ghost stories who kind of ruined me, honestly. Well, that's her job. That's her job, yes, (laughs) as my big sister. (laughs) Oh my God, I love it. You're my hero already. But seriously, some of my favorite ghost stories ever have come from my sister. And so we got her on the phone today so she could tell, there's a story that you told me about a sorority sister that has like haunted me my whole life. I cannot get Mm -hmm. over this story. So Leslie, will you tell us this one? I will tell it. And it, it still haunts me too. We were playing a game one night. We played this a lot where we would all get together in someone's room and you had to tell stories, scary stories that were true, whether they had happened to you or someone else. And one of my sorority sisters told the story that really won the prize for freaking us out. But she was talking about years before she had lived up north. And she, I think she was about seven and her kid sister was maybe five. And she said they lived in a house where the upstairs looked down over the family room. And she said one evening they had, had their baths. It was summertime. And she said her mom and dad went 
out to walk in the neighborhood, but they were just close by. And so she and her little sister stayed at the house and they were coloring uh, in the coloring book, uh, sitting on the floor in the family room. And she said they were both sitting there just quietly coloring. And all of a sudden she said she and her sister looked up at each other at the same time. And then they looked up to the upstairs landing uh, where the walkway was. And she said they both saw just this shadowy figure walking down the the walkway there and into their parents' room. Mm. And she said they both just immediately jumped up and ran out the front door and down the block a little bit to where their parents were outside. And they were hollering, saying, you know, someone's in the house, someone's in the house. (gasps) And she said what was so weird was they had never said a word to each other. They both just jumped up at the same time and ran out. And so, you know, they were trying to explain to their parents that someone was in the house. And their mom said, well, what did you see? And she said she and her sister both kept saying, he's got a hat on, he's got a hat on. So they both apparently had kind of seen the same thing from what they were describing. So they go back to the house and they did call, you know, the police came out and went through the house and they never were able to find anything. No signs of anybody breaking in. They were Obviously something had happened because the kids were so upset, well, yeah. but there was never any signs of someone actually being in the house. But the bizarre thing was about a week later, her father died in that bedroom. No! He was... He was in his early 40s and had a massive heart attack. And she said, I just believe that, you know, we were young, we were little kids, and that that was some type of a premonition or omen of what was getting ready to happen. Oh, my gosh. I know. It freaked us out. I'm getting chill bumps right now. Yeah, so am I. And it's always stuck with me because it's like, and I've told this story a million times. I totally appropriated it and acted like, oh, yeah, my friend. It's my, yeah, my friend. (laughs) I don't really. I think the thing that was so, really got to us was how emotional she got telling the story. I mean, she became very tearful. It was obvious that it it was a very emotional thing for her. She sure as heck wasn't making it up, whatever it was she saw. Well, but yeah, that I was probably know. one of the best stories ever out of that game, for sure. Did her dad, like, wear a hat? No. She said, in retrospect, we think it was like some type of a hood. <gasps> you know, and it's like when you think about oh. like the spirit of death, you oh know, the my hooded God. figure. See, that's what kills me, because it's like, I don't believe in that. I don't believe there's just, like, the... the there's, like, the one guy in yeah, the black robe and with the, the sky. Sky. Yeah. And that he's that coming after you? Yeah. I thought it was Exactly. Sky. I, I have no idea. Is that's that's what, or sky? That was their you know? take on it. <laughs> This is important. Is it Scythe or Scythe? Because I want to make fun of you for getting it wrong. <laughs> I have no idea. We're going to have to Google it okay. in a minute. But that's, see, that's why I don't say that word because I don't know how to pronounce it. I it's yeah. It's the thing that you use to cut, that <laughs> death uses to cut hay. Ziggy what? says he knows. Uh, yes, it is It is appropriately pronounced Scythe. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, yes! yeah. Rebecca is celebrating. Yeah, good what for you. Sound, not but, sound stupid anymore with that word. But no, like I don't um I, I don't believe in like the spirit of death out yeah. there with a hood walking around. So I've always wondered like what could that have been? What if there are more than like one though? Like, oh god. Like if there's you know, thousands of them or whatever. See, I think Okay, that's that's very creepy. Here's even my think about that. Sorry. Here's my theory that it was him in those moments before he died. Life flashes before oh, yeah, your yeah, eyes. Yeah. Maybe he was just walking through his life one more time before he dies. So that was like his spirit coming back in that moment. Possibly. Possibly. You don't like that idea? No, I do I, like I, that idea. That's like very, Incep- not Inception. Um, it's very Hill House. It's Interstellar. Interstellar. Where they pass by each other <laughs> yes! and touch fingers. Yes. So wait, but there was another story, Leslie, that you always told kind of in conjunction with this one that you have to tell. It's about like you breaking the law and I love the story. Oh, uh, well, it, this one came from the same game, all right? We okay. were playing a game one night and one girl was talking about, she said, well, you know how sometimes you'll be driving in the car and all of a sudden you just get this creepy feeling that someone's in the back seat and finally you can't stand it you just turn around and look real quick yeah to see if someone's there and of course there's nobody there Mm -hmm. and she said well you know when that happens that means that you've just avoided death in some way 
Uh, we were all like, you know, she said, you know, kind of like that rabbit just ran over your grave kind of thing, as they call it, you know. Oh, my God. Keep you I, feeling for a moment. I think I, I avoid death every single day because I'm constantly thinking there's something in the back of my car. I'm not joking. Like every morning I look in the backseat of my car because I think something is going to get me. Right. Because you're dodging well, death ah! just over and over again. Well, <laughs> I, I actually like think that. that's probably a good safety thing to do anyway. <laughs> I don't think that's a bad idea and it doesn't mean you're a nut. But um, that's true. So, so that was the whole t- gist of the conversation that night. So about a week later, uh, I was dating a guy and his family had a, a mountain place about 45 minutes from, from where I was in school up in the mountains. So, you know, to drive it, there was a long way that you could go that would take over an hour or you could, you know, take the back way on the Blue Ridge Parkway and get there in like 45 minutes. The unfortunate thing was this was like in January and the Blue Ridge Parkway is closed during the winter. It's not maintained. Mm-hmm. But, you know, being the really intelligent college student that I was, right. you know, I said, oh, well, you know, I can just drive up there and move the sign and get onto the parkway, mm-hmm. which we would that? actually do, do from time to time. Yeah. Just just to yeah. get to your boyfriend, right. you dirty yeah, girl. You know, <laughs> I mean, we've done it before, you know, go up there, move the sign, get on the parkway, drive you around for a while. way more so, loyal than I would ever be to anyone. Oh, no. I'm not yeah. going to go, you know, like, <laughs> move fences and signs <laughs> yeah. to get to somebody. Like, you're on your own tonight, yeah. sweetheart. Bye. Okay. Well, <laughs> well you know you're a real Einstein when it's, you know, January at night and you're in your little Honda wagon that's already got 100,000 miles on it with a quarter tank of gas. And back then, you know, no cell phones, no radio reception even on the backside of the mountain. Mm-hmm. But you're going to get on the parkway where there's no traffic and no lights, Again, right? Again, dirty girl. Real, yep. so really bad. smart plan. So I get in the car and I start driving. I'm going along and making pretty good time. And I come around this curve and there's this real pretty little mountain country church sitting there. It was very, very pretty. And I'm thinking, gosh, I don't ever remember seeing that church before. So I slowed down and I was kind of looking and it, it actually did have a little security light. So I could see the church and see there was a little cemetery next to it. And I thought, what a pretty little church. I can't believe I've never noticed that. And all of a sudden I got that feeling where the hair starts standing up on the back of my neck and, oh God, something's in the back seat, you know, and here I am out in the middle of nowhere by myself. And I couldn't stand it. I turned around and looked in the back seat. Of course, nothing's there, thank the Lord. But I had slowed down because I wanted to look at the church, and it was kind of on a little curve. So anyway, I hit the gas, and I start speeding back up to you know start making good time again. And I round the curve just, just a short distance up the road from the church, and there's been this big rock slide. The road was completely blocked. <gasps> oh. And I've, <laughs> I've always told Julie, I am absolutely convinced had I not slowed down and really looked at that little church and then had that creepy feeling, you know, had I not slowed down, I might have, I mean, literally the road was blocked and there were still little rocks falling. Like you could tell it had just happened. Totally is that not freaking oh, my God. Totally. That was like straight up Jesus in the back of your yes! car. Like Jesus yes! takes the wheel, just Jesus like. take the wheel. Yeah. The rabbit oh literally ran over your grave. I love that it story. Did. Isn't that something? I know. Somebody was looking out for me that night for sure. Oh my gosh. Take care, y'all. So I've got my friend Justina on the phone. And Rebecca, actually, you and Justina would get along so well because Justina is the biggest advocate for dogs in the uh, World. Oh, oh, I yeah. love you already. She actually like rescues stray dogs oh, all the time. It makes me so happy. Constantly posting pictures on social media of these beautiful dogs oh. that she's rescued, and they're all like crowding her out of oh her my bed. Gosh, I, I know. love it. So, Justina told me a while back that you had a story, and I think it's in your house. Yes. Okay. I'm going to start with like the little details of the house. It was built in 1939. Mm-hmm. It is in southern Dallas in a little neighborhood called Fruitdale. Okay. Owned by one family 
only Ms. Hawkins and her sons. And I, she had a husband. He passed early. Uh, when she passed away, the son sold the house. And that's when I got it. Okay. And my mother-in-law claims that she actually feels someone sit on the bed with her <gasps> while she's sleeping or she's reading her book. She'll laugh at something and then she'll feel pressure on the bed of someone sitting next to her. Oh, my gosh. It's the mom and coming I in to like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Read over her shoulder. Like, what's so funny in here, and, kids? And her bedroom is actually one of the son's bedrooms because I've seen the little, like, what do you call it? Like when your kids yeah, are growing up charts. and put a little mark on it, little yeah. notches. Yeah. yeah. So her closet door has that. Oh, so, my gosh. But the story that made me think there were ghosts in the first place is that John, my husband, always wears his wedding ring. He's one of the good husbands who does that. Mm-hmm. So he always wears his wedding ring. And one day he was playing with a dog and he lost it. He's pretty sure he lost it in the backyard, which is a whole acre. So it was impossible to find. He was starting to get really upset that he had lost this ring forever, our wedding ring forever. And on the morning of Valentine's Day, I go up the stairs, go to the bathroom, come back down, don't see anything. And then about an hour later, I go back upstairs and at the very top of the stairs is his wedding ring dead center, like just so, so I could see it. Anybody could see it when they were walking up the stairs on Valentine's Day. Oh my gosh. And that you're not going to miss that the first time around, right? right? No, no. I would have stepped on it if, yeah. I, if I had missed seeing it. Oh my gosh. So what did John say when he saw it? Was he in the house when that happened? Yes. And he assumes, because he's that, he's so cynical. He assumes the cats did it. But how does the cat go in the backyard and get it? Oh, and bring it back in? Cats don't have opposable thumbs. They can't like just scoop up a wedding ring and take it upstairs and put it at the top of the stairs perfectly in the center for you right. to find. Right. And even if they and did, he's like, not yeah. the kind of guy to take it off. He doesn't like carelessly take it off and put it somewhere where a cat would play with it. He keeps it on 24-7. So when it fell off during playing with the dogs, that makes way more sense, which means that somebody had to be able to go outside yeah. and come inside. Well, that's actually very sweet. It is a good story, though. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, obviously, they want you guys to be happy. (laughs) Right. Well, and I so prefer a ghost who finds things and brings them to you as opposed to, like... Taking them away. Yes. In our house, just the other day, we had a complete meltdown over my 11-year-old, the little earbuds. Yeah. AirPods. Uh, What are they called? They're earbuds. Earbuds. Okay. I started calling them... Oh, wait, no. They're they're AirPods? I think they're the Air Ones. I don't know. I don't know. Because they're not connected to anything, They're not connected to anything. And she... wireless earbuds. Yeah. So she lost the little white thing that they go in that looks like the dental floss. Right. container and she's flipping out because same thing it was sitting on the kitchen table it was just sitting there we had all seen it and then she's freaking out where are they and she's crying and we all go all, like totally search the whole house uh-huh. and we can't find them and then like two hours later she goes to put her boots on and they're inside her boots nobody put them in no. the boots so then she's mad at us accusing all and we're all looking at each other so I'm like can we please if we're going to be haunted that's fine just don't do that don't hide don't don't hide us. my keys. Don't hide them. Put my the wedding ring at the top of the stairs right there. We we, we can see them. That's a that's actually a beautiful story. That's yeah, very that's sweet. sweet. It is. Thank yeah. you, Justina. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, bye. bye. See, that's actually a really sweet ghost story. Like, not all of these things have to be hair on the back of your neck standing up or whatever. Ideally, we would love that. I want the stuff that's going to freak me out when I'm trying to pee in the middle of the night, <laughs> which I have to say is getting harder and harder. Like, I, I, I'm concerned for your bladder. You might want to get that checked. I, I'm concerned for it, too. This is, uh, it's getting bad. So, you know, we're always telling everybody to send us the voice memos. Right. And it terrifies people. Like, we're just not getting voice memos. I know. You got one the other day. I did, and I'm so excited about it. From Dead? 
Des, uh, and I think that it's Des's father. Okay. And I think his name's Caterino. Caterino. So let's play this. Back in 1969, I was living my, with my brother in uh, in the north side of Fort Worth, and it was a duplex apartment. And, uh, well, right across the street from the J.P. Elder High School. Anyway, we were, we were watching uh, TV in the living room. Uh, my, his family, his wife, his, one of his girls, and he was uh, sitting on the sofa with them. And I was sitting on t- on a bed, a uh, sofa bed, watching TV. And the TV was at a corner, and there was a hallway next to it. And we were just, just watching TV, and all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I saw a little little bird spot coming toward us in the living room it was walking it was floating actually and it was a little boy i could tell the little boy he wasn't tall he was just floating and i I looked at his feet and there was no i couldn't see any any feet i looked a little higher and you could see a a pair of blue jeans on and then a little higher i could see he had a checkered shirt it was red red checkered shirt anyway floated in there and just stopped by where the tv was you could see his eyes. I could see his eyes. And he looked around. You could see his, his face. You could see it was kind of blurred. He turned his head. He was looking back and forth, one side to the other. And then all of a sudden, he just turned around, and he started walking back toward the hall where he came from. And me and my brother looked at each other, and he asked me, did you see that? And I said, yes, I did. And he, he all of a sudden said, that little subject didn't even say hi. I said, no, he did not. <laughs> anyway, he got up and started looking to see where he had gone and come back in and said, I don't I don't see anything. And uh, I said, well, it happened. That was it. That was, that was really weird. He asked his wife, did you see that? And she said, no, I didn't see anything. We looked at each other and we just kind of, well, I guess just me and you saw it, brother. Anyway, <laughs> that was it that night. How freaking adorable is that, man? So cute. I, I could sit and listen to his voice I all day. Seriously. I know. And I was like, that's the most expected thing that's been said on this podcast thus far. I know. <laughs> it was so kind of real. I, I love. Know. Thank you for that story. And I don't know if you saw, but he actually sent us a follow up email. No, I didn't. Yeah, he did. And he said, um, he after, I guess after he started, it's kind of funny because after you think about these things that have happened or whatnot, you start remembering things that you'd forgotten about mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So he had forgotten that later on, after they had seen this like little boy in the checkered shirt, that uh, one day a picture like fell off the wall, just like somebody knocked, knocked it, it off, off with their hand. And I need to pull up his email so that I could, you know, actually have the facts. But this is this is an important note to make. Even if you don't have a ghost story, your parents or your grandparents do. Somebody, you know, has a ghost story for sure. Yeah. Okay. He said later on, a glass picture of a Spanish lady in a red dress fell off a wall and they could never figure out why. Oh, and that he had also been like he felt that he was being held down in bed. Oh, gosh, we've heard that before. Yeah, Yeah, we we just heard about that. Yeah. Well, okay, you got to figure out how to work the voice memo. Just mess around with it. Play around with it a little bit because I love stories like that. And you know why? You know why people will like this podcast more than our last one, Rebecca? Why? Because it's not us talking the whole time. (laughs) Because it's other people's voices. Yeah. Which they would so much rather hear. (laughs) So remember that you have to do the voice memos and then send them to hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and let's be honest, you don't even have to edit them. We'll edit them for you. Actually, I take that back. Julie will edit them for you. <laughs> so we have a very special guest in today. So excited that I'm excited that Jasmine has come in to join us. Uh, and you actually have a really crazy story. You told me your ghost story already. Yes, and it's unlike anything I have ever heard before. Rebecca hasn't heard no, it yet. She will not reveal details. Okay, to me. Oh, I know. that's it's a like, good teaser. Yeah. So don't, but don't tell it okay. yet. Right well, now, don't disappoint is what I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> you kidding, can no lie pressure. if you need to lie a little bit. Like we will not harsh you for that. But, okay. So. <laughs> 
but first you need to plug your new podcast because yes. you're working on something too. I am. It's called First and Tens. It's a chick fantasy football league. Okay. It's kind of like, but I don't want to scare you with that. It's not like a booger eating stat league. Mm-hmm. Like we don't care. Forgive me for the gum right now. This is so unprofessional of me. Um, it is. <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm professional. Stick it on the microphone. Yeah, if you want. We, sh- we should. Or under um, the table. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Under the table. We won't care. We're not judging. Um, so yeah, basically it's all these girls and we're crazy. And we're competitive. So some of us know football. Some of us don't. So it just kind of makes for a nice little mix. Okay. I don't even know how to really do a fantasy football thing. Like, I've never done one before. <laughs> you I'm guys so... need to wait, wait. The one time I did it, I went and picked all my stuff at the be- at the first day that you could. And then I let it ride for the season. Yeah. That's how I am. <laughs> so my co-host, Amy, is a booger eater. She loves stats and pie charts That's because she's married to a sportsy man. Right. But she's also a super, like, sportsy girl, but analytical sports girl. Like, oh, the girl I didn't you know she punch was in so... The face. Okay. I didn't yeah, know she was super, so And I love her. I say this with love. But <laughs> I just like no I don't care where she's like oh my god did you see him no I don't care though like I don't care I mean I don't care and so like I'm like you Rebecca where I'll set my um lineup and I'm like good for the rest of the year this is all I got see no I remember starting one mm -hmm. and the people around me started making fun of me so I pretty much just like took my toys and went home no 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 see we've got a whole like gamut of women some who don't know and some who do it's like the real housewives of Dallas meets like football i'm not kidding you it gets nasty and there is an e by our episodes because we are a little explicit mm-hmm. because we do kind of cuss you can know, i come and just like drink margaritas in the corner yes. like i really don't want to do like, fantasy watch oh, no. the action yeah, yeah you yeah. should come to our draft i will come i would i'll bring rebecca with yes, me yes the two of you need to come crash this we yeah. had a giant like it's all these women hovered over a cheese board with a bunch of alcohol half the time these women forget that they're on the clock to draft someone I, i'm like we're hammered cheese board is this like a football term or is this like an actual no it's an actual cheese board, board like a, with Oh, and we yeah. eat. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's got to be food involved. Okay. Oh, yeah. Nobody's going to hang out. I wasn't out. sure oh, yeah. if that was like sports terminology <laughs> oh, that no, no, I was no. not aware. No, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the, another word for the football field. The cheese, <laughs> the board. cheese, the cheese board. board. Okay, so Jasmine, now you have to tell us your weird story. Okay, so this is kind of indirect because it really happened to my mom, but I was kind of there. I was young, mm-hmm. so I got the actual account of it later on. Yeah. But, I was probably four or five years old. This was way back in the day. My mom was working a second job at a bakery. And so I remember her saying like, hey, we have to go check on something or whatever. And my dad, you know, my dad wasn't around. He was working or doing something. My dad was around. I wasn't like, yeah, that was no, no, not dark. Just left you. <laughs> my dad was around. Anyway, so my mom, t- <laughs> my mom takes me with her. I'm sitting in, you know, the back seat, not buckled in because back then you didn't buckle Because you didn't. Yeah. Because you didn't. And we all survived miraculously. Right, I know. And so I'm sitting back there and I remember mom going to the bakery. And this guy comes in in like a trench coat and like a big hat, right? And so I remember seeing him talk to my mom and it looked like he was asking her about like a pastry or something, Mm -hmm. obviously. She goes to like get it. Well, then the next thing I remember distinctly because this was so like, (gasps) and I was a kid, my mom starts frantically coming up to the car and she's like, he's vanished, he's disappeared, he's disappeared. And I'm like, okay. And I didn't get it, you know, whatever. And then later on, right. And then later on, because you know, you're four and five, you really don't realize what's going on. And so (laughs) later on when I was an adult, I was like, hey mom, what was that all about? She's like, Oh my God. She's sworn by this story since 1984. She's like, I'm in there. This guy comes in. He's asking me about cookies or a cake or something. And it was weird because he was using my name. You guys, they didn't wear name tags on their stuff back then. Okay. okay. No. There was nobody else there. And I feel like with the outfit he was wearing, yes. she probably would have recognized him had yes. he come in before. Yes. Right. Right. With the trench coat. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. Trench coat is this, it's a standout. Plus yeah. a giant hat. Like. Yes. Yeah. So weird. Right. So then she tells me this 
And then she's like, so I come back and I see his trench coat and pants. I mean, his trench coat and hat on the floor. Like he had just literally vanished. What? <laughs> and she dropped whatever. She starts screaming. She says, that's why I ran into the car. Cause he literally, she's like, I'm telling you, he disappeared. And she's y'all, she swears by this story. Like he, it's like he melted. Like he just melted like, or something. Vanished, vaporized into thin but air. But the hat and the trench coat are still there. But wait, okay. That's what I can't wrap my brain around Dude, right now. Have either one of you guys either read or seen, um, the time traveler's wife? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that happens to him all the all time. All the time. Yes. And it's always like, he's looking for a big coat of some kind all the time well, because he can't travel with clothes. Where did Eric Bana end up then? Naked somewhere. Yes. Yeah, yeah he was naked somewhere stealing clothes. Somewhere. I Dude. Mean, so what did, I mean, that's it. Like, that's it. And what that's what she, she left me with. do with, like, the coat and the hat? Like, she just ran, dude. Like, she's she like, saw I'm it. Done. No, she's like, I'm not touching this ass. Like, she just left. So, okay. I feel like, I just, I, my head, my head just. I want to do some more research on this because, like, the disappearing mystery man. Yes. I've never heard of it, but I, I would be willing to bet cash that there's more stories out there like yes. that. Yes, and this was in Irving, Texas. I was going to say, I want to know the location. Irving, Texas. This would have been like South Irving area. And if if you're going along the theory of like the time traveler's wife, then that could have been either an ancestor from your past or someone from the way, way future coming right. back to meet her. Maybe your son or your grandkid or something coming back to meet her. Isn't that crazy? That is yeah. nuts. Like used her name was like, Mary, I want to see this pastry. Mary, I'd like but to like. if you're coming back from the future or go, whatever. Why are you just going to get a pastry? Like you don't have it. You don't have any advice for me. Like invest in Apple because or... they don't have pastries in the future, Rebecca. What is, that's a Something. nightmare. No, Something seriously. Have you never happened. had like a Boston <laughs> cream? I'd yeah. come back for one of those. I mean, I'd come back for it, but I'm also going to be like invest in Apple. And uh, on a side note, I feel like we need to do this. Like we should start going into places with a giant coat on and then trying to disappear and, and then just like throw off the hat and coat and run out the door really quick and like find find a way to leave a puff of smoke somehow like this this is what we're gonna oh, do oh I got ways <laughs> I got ways guys I got, I got you on that yeah but if we walk in with trench coats they're gonna think something like like murdery. sexual is about to go no, on no I'm thinking murder. three chicks in a trench coat no I think we need to get on this I think we need to look for more disappearing people like specifically in pastry shops or like no just in general just in general, <laughs> just in general where somebody disappears and the clothes like vanish I feel so confident with this case in y'all's hands do you I feel like you we're should. gonna crack this you should why don't you you start working on that and then for next week I'm going to finally nail down Mark Walters because I've been talking now saying that I know I've been talking forever about getting uh, getting him on the show well first he bailed because he worked really late and then now he, he has the flu but it's all right we're going to get Mark in next time does he wear a trench coat and or a hat what <laughs> he he's gonna be on the show either way I don't care he's not gonna disappear and leave his hat in his trench coat but that's gonna come up on the next haunted AF all right, guys, remember to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever your favorite platform is. Also, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, and Instagram. Did you like what I said? Twitter? 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 <laughs> Thanks to our board, Ob Ziggy Becker, and to Andrew Mamaliga for our theme song, and also to On Air Media for their titles and technical support. And, of course, we got to thank you for listening to Haunted AF. By the way, Julie, if I die first, I'm coming back to haunt you, baby. Oh, <laughs> I'll come back and haunt you, too, Rebecca. Ah!